Welcome to the Celebration Sessions, a podcast unpacking life, loss and love. As I step further into the world of celebrancy, I want to share my journey as I learn more about just what makes us tick, how we fall in love, how we celebrate the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. Alongside that, this is my reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on this journey. This is the Celebration Sessions podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Celebration Sessions uh, with myself, Connor Clear. Thanks so much for tuning in. Delighted you're listening back in again. Now, this time around, uh, we've got a journey of loss up for discussion. And as is As is always my hope, I think, with these series, I aim to just make it constructive and helpful and supportive. And today I just really want to explore how mindfulness can at least help the journey through grief. So I want to see what exactly is it, how to do it, and can it really help when your world has been torn apart by grief? And I think more than that, does it just apply to grief caused by grieving for a loved one, or can we apply it to the life that so many of us are living at the moment that the, the, the loss I think of a, of a past life as we hunker down now I think for for another lockdown uh, now my guest for this episode well where do I start to introduce this wonderful human being well she's a, a known TV personality radio presenter a best-selling author and appropriately for this episode a Bethany bereavement counselor as well and more than that a wonderful friend of mine mm. and someone who's always encouraged me and supported me and uh, she's always flown my flag so please welcome to the celebration sessions Andrea Hayes Andrea how are you I'm really good this is just a lovely space that you've created and I'm so glad that you've done this because I think we all need this sort of sacred space in our lives right now and it's it's great to celebrate good things like our friendship well exactly and that's what i think i'd like to celebrate today and and i think really i think that's what this whole series is about just the reminder that well one there are still good things happening and and two it's so important now more than ever as as i say in the in the little introduction there that it's it's so important to to still celebrate uh, things as well and like you say uh, celebrate a wonderful friendship because we do go back quite some time now at this stage. Uh, I don't want to do the maths, but it's quite a number of years really, isn't it? Yeah, we met a long time ago. I remember we were kind of thrown together as a TV husband and wife who had to tell people what was coming up next on TV3 or it was Virgin Media at the time as Envision Continuity Announcers. Um, but we didn't know each other. But I have to say, um, Ben Frau, who worked there, and of course he's in Channel 5 and famously put Kim and Aggie together and put, you know, different people in the kitchen. He said he always knew that we'd get on well together. Yeah. And he 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 did really put us, he teamed us up very well because we've been firm best friends ever since. And um, it was great working with you. But funnily enough, I don't know if you remember, Connor, but we, one of the things that we actually connected on was both our fathers had just passed away relatively recently um, before we had um, kind of worked together. And it was something we connected and talked about a lot. That is true. And I remember that as well. So the little studio that we used to record daytime in was this little... um, not much larger than a cupboard, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it was just myself and yourself and our cameraman, Paul, and 
And it was in that room that we really, really, there was always the idea that both our fathers were up there conspiring together to get us together. Yes. And we had plenty of great nights together. So thank you <laughs> to those in heaven for, for bringing us together. But that's the whole point. I mean, there's no separation. I think that we always have to try to remember that although we're not physically together in the same space in this world, and particularly now during the pandemic, um, being physical and that distance that's created through having to be safe, it really shows you that, you you know, you can be very close to somebody just mindfully or on the phone or even just thinking of them in your heart. And that's kind of how, you know, it happens when people pass over. Certainly, that's what I believe anyway, that they're they're always with us and it's just they're in a different space and place. I, I certainly feel that my dad is still very much with me uh and I, I i can certainly feel that you you think your dad is he, he's still with you he absolutely is isn't he yeah i think i have a very kind of non-dual um, mindset and lens on the world i think there's no separation i think once we start to see ourselves as part of everybody else in the world there's this oneness and this connectedness and interconnectedness particularly with nature and with you know all of us as a as a human community and we have that consciousness I think you start to understand that no matter what happens if people pass on it's just that this physical body isn't here but our spiritual or our essence or this you know this something that makes us who we are is still part of the air that we breathe and I think that's that kind of whole oneness and and this non-dual thinking that that has really served me well over the years, because I would have dealt with a lot of loss from a young age. My mum lost a lot of her sisters from mm-hmm. cancer at a very young age. I mean, you know, in their 30s, 40s and 50s. So there was always a sense of connecting with the people, even though they weren't physically here. As you probably know, I have a very strong faith. I've always had a very strong yeah. faith and I believe in God. And I suppose since I've grown up, um, that belief in God has expanded out to more of a spiritual belief. So, you know, I, I believe spiritually rather than, a, 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 you know, about God, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it depends what your God is. For some people, uh, you know, if you're in the Catholic tradition, it's one thing. If you're in a different tradition, it's another. But I just believe it's a, it's a higher power. It's somebody bigger than ourselves. Um so that's sort of what I do. As it happens, my dog has just come in, which is lovely. So I'm just going to let oh, Millie go out the door. But you know, Millie. my yeah, Millie, but I have a very strong connection to animals, as you know. And, yes, I'm very much aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's no coincidence that um, dog is God backwards, because I think if we could all <laughs> live with a little bit of more of a kind of a dog consciousness, you know, they're so happy to see us when they come into the room. They forgive so easy. They're loving and unconditionally loving. So, um, I, yes. I see it at the moment. So many people have um, rescued and adopted dogs and, and so many of my friends as well. And I don't have a dog personally, even though I will say I am so broody for a dog. But when I see my friends' dogs, they're just so full of love. And, and even when we're allowed, given the varying levels of restrictions, when I do walk into somebody's house, as rare as it is these days, and and the dogs remember me and they still come up and I still get the cuddles. It is the loveliest thing in the world. They are just the most amazing creatures. They really are. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's the whole thing about oneness. I mean, for me, nature is very restorative and I love going out to 
nature and just being there with any living thing. And, and I think that connection to animals as well has this strong bond, whether it's, it could be a cat, it could be a horses, it could even just be watching the birds, but realizing that we're all part of this cosmic consciousness and we're all part of, you know, um, a universe where even if we pass on that, you know, we're, we're our energy is still together. And can I take you back? You mentioned um, experiencing loss uh, uh, when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and around that time as well, you had hearing issues as well. Do you mind me asking about that? Yes. Yeah, so basically, as a child, I was, I call myself a disciple of silence. You know, hard to believe now because I have a lot to say for myself. And as you know, <laughs> I can be very loud and on a night out. But my my default and my real sort of place that I feel comfortable is in silent um, places and spaces. And that's why, you know, being out in parks or years ago, there was always fields and things or beaches and woodlands that you could be out in. So I couldn't hear very well and it wasn't discovered until I was around eight or nine and then I was in hospital for quite a long time. So really all of my life, I've had a very strong understanding of loss and pain because I felt chronic pain since I was a child. But also there was always a sense of loss around because I didn't have perhaps the hearing that, you know, that everybody else had. And I was always the child with hearing loss. That's what they always said. Oh, she's got hearing loss or, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think I think language is a very important thing. And it took me a long time, probably until I was in my 30s, when I started to really get my head around this chronic pain that I had. And I was diagnosed with the Chiari malformation. And if maybe you know, but people might not know, it really brought my life in a different direction. Yeah, I studied clinical hypnotherapy and ended up writing some books about pain and loss. And it was around that time that I started training to become a Bethany grief minister. I went on to do Anna Cardis, which is um, spiritual direction, which was a two years yeah. course, and that, and it's sort of like the journey you're on, Connor. I think when you realise with when you look at people through the eyes of the heart and with deep compassion, and understand that in some space and place we're all grieving. It doesn't have to be the physical grief of a loved one, but it can be the loss of a job, the loss of a life, as you said. And and particularly now, this is a time of liminality. We are in between what was a world we felt very comfortable and the unknown uncertainty of going into this new world that nobody really has a blueprint for because we don't know where it is. But for me, I always think there's great possibility in the pause because I imagine if I want all your listeners to imagine now that we were caterpillars and now we're in the cocoon and it's really dark and scary, perhaps in the cocoon and there's nobody else in the cocoon with you and you want to be just doing what you're doing. But soon we'll all emerge, spread our wings and fly on to a different world and we'll embrace it. We have to embrace it with hope and just know that, you know, new things will hopefully unfold for us all. Andrea, that is such a gorgeous image. That is really nice and a lovely metaphor. I've ha- I've had this knot in my stomach since New Year's, and mm-hmm. um, this idea that we're coming into this new year, and you've just articulated it there. This idea that we're in the unknown now, and I think that's where the knot is coming from. And 
And that image is so powerful. That's gorgeous. And it's funny because I'm getting a lot of people, obviously, one of the books I wrote was my Life Goals Journal and it was a mm. bestseller. And everybody around this time of the year calls me and asks me to do radio interviews or write articles about life goals because it's something I studied and I'm usually very good at writing. And I said, it's interesting because I think it's about the little wins at the moment. It's, yeah. it's the micro goals. So it's a little win every day. So if every day you can say, for example, I'm going to change my bed clothes today my bed sheets you know or for some days like today you know I haven't had my shower yet and it's in the afternoon Connor so yeah I have to <laughs> I'll have to really search for a little win later but the little wins for me currently is you know Brooke my daughter has we're doing a bit of homeschooling at the moment so she's done her her English and her maths I'm all I also have a crash here we've done some painting although the paint with my other two oh, and a half God. is all over the the, the walls oh, God. Um, so you have to just look at the little wins. And, and sometimes that's just as simple as I managed to cook a dinner from scratch or I read a few pages of a book. But really, at the moment, it's it's being compassionate with ourselves, really being mindful of what we're watching on television, who we're talking to. You know, if anything is just feeling overwhelming, really taking that five minutes to stand outside and just take in a few deep breaths and remind ourselves that it's, it's you don't have to do everything all in one day. Nobody is comparing or contrasting how great your life is to somebody else. So just focus on what is making you feel good and what's bringing you light and what's, what's lighting you up. And I think that's really important for everybody at the moment. Uh, and, and and that's it now. That's that's actually what this episode is about now. It's that idea of mindfulness. But actually, you've just perfectly articulated what that is, because I did want to ask you, we, we throw this term around. It's something that's spoken about so much, a mindfulness, you know, just do it mindfully. But, but what exactly is it? I think you've pretty much answered that really, haven't you? You know, if, if I say to you, what is mindfulness? I suppose nobody is ever in your mind or my mind. And the unique thing about what mindfulness is, what goes on internally is is how your life will be perceived. It's the lens that you look through your life. So it's very easy to say, oh, just try to be mindful today. But if you're sitting with a mind that's very anxious, that's very sad, that's very overwhelmed, you know, if you're sitting with a mind that has no positive stimulus, then trying to be mindful is is actually quite difficult and, and mm. it can be quite troubling for people. So the most important thing for me is to become aware of the narratives that's going on within. So perhaps you need to start with a little bit of forgiveness with yourself, because a lot of the times we are so hard on ourselves and you need to just let go of the desire to judge yourself, let go of the desire to punish yourself with saying, you know, somebody said to me, I really have to start meditating. And I said, but you do meditate. And they said, no, 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 I don't meditate. And I said, you walk every day in nature and that's a meditation. It's a walking yeah, meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's looking at your life. Some people love cooking and really, really enjoy quite enjoy cooking and cutting you know the food and they get really into it anything that engages you in a passionate positive way like music it could be it could be listening to a podcast like this is something that really helps you switch off and really um be present because mindfulness is just about presence it's what you give your presence to your full attention it's that sacred space and whatever that is for you 
that's that's what you are being mindful to. So we have to be aware of where we're giving our presence at the moment. And some people quite like being quite toxic and giving their presence to this kind of toxic world. And that's it's their true. reality. And we have to accept that, you know. And to not give them power to, to, to because if somebody is, is putting that onto you, well, then that's something that you need to just acknowledge and step away from and say, well, that's them. That's not my world. It's not my reality. It doesn't have to be. It can be your reality um, and it can be a good distraction from what really is going on in your life. Oftentimes mm. we distract ourselves, even within, you know, within grief, if we are grieving for a life or whatever like that, distraction can be go both positive and negative. It's great to do things. Um, but once the distraction is not taking you away from the core of what's really going on within yourself. Yeah. Because it's a journey, it's work, you know, uh, you know, it's, we're on, we're on this journey and we do a lot of this work, grief work, it's often called, or we work on ourselves. But as you know, it's something that we must do consistently and persistently and just allow it to unfold naturally. And, and there's no judgment. I think it's really important not to judge, you know, who you were, who, what you wanted even 10 years ago, because your life changes and, and your goals and, and what, what is important to you, I think, changes as well. And like you say, it's a journey. It's not a quick fix. You're not just going to wake up one day and decide to start doing everything mindfully. It is it is a journey and it's something that you need to, to work on and do consciously, isn't it? Yeah, and I think as well, for me, there's, there's also, a, you know, this is a celebration as well because there's a blessing stage. There's the, the, the stage of when you get to, you know, I've, I've reached a place where I've named what is, you know, I'm sad about or what I'm grieving. I've named it, which is really good. I've owned my hurt. I've accepted I'm hurting. But you don't have to stay in that place of hurt all the time. You can bless it. And when it comes up every day, you know, or every night, you can say, OK, I'm, I'm conscious. Thank you for coming to my attention that I'm feeling sad. You can sit with it and then you can say, I, I'm just not going to dwell in it. I'm going to honor it and I'm going to move on and reach for a higher feeling, reach for something that's going to make me feel that bit better. One of the things I was doing, I was laughing. So I've started to light a lot of candles recently. Now I always light okay, candles, yeah. but consciously lighting candles. And I will put whatever I'm doing into the light. So I've got my husband's working from home now. So he's like, I was like, have you light? Have you lit your candle now? You light your candle for your day. So there's loads. I'm, I'm putting the whole candle business. Um, I'm, I'm keeping them in business. But I've just looked at the candle. <laughs> you won't believe the candle I, I lit for today. And it's just one that I just brought up. I've tons downstairs. So it has a, a little saying on it. And the candle I've lit says, accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. And wow. I just think it was so interesting. I chose this one, which I didn't consciously choose it for today. And it's a green, beautiful healing candle. And I think even if that's the one thing that you do every day, if you're really feeling the burden of grief, anxiety, overwhelm, just light a candle in the morning and honor the feelings that you have, put them into the light and just bless them and say, I'm going to do my very best today to manage them, to deal with them. But even when you, again, when you're feeling overwhelmed, because it comes up, it's like, it, I feel like sometimes we're in, a, we're in a washing machine or a roundabout. We used to yeah, call it a continuity yeah. cul-de-sac, remember? <laughs> that was our little phrase in work, yeah. We're like, oh no, we're in a continuity cul-de-sac. We're going round and round with what's going to happen. Reverse, reverse. Yeah, in Coronation Street again. It's the same. It's the same stuff on a different day. But that's what it, it's like at the moment. We're all dealing with the same stuff, but it's a different day. And when you feel that you're there 
just, you know, if you've forgotten to light your candle, light the candle, look at the light and just say, I'm, I have to let go. And, and sometimes when you let go and say, I'm just doing the best I can, you're letting new energy come in and you're opening yourself up to the blessing that can be the possibility of the pause. And that's why it's really important to pause, allow the possibility of what could happen next. Because we don't know from moment to moment whether we'll be here, you know, tomorrow or the next day. So we just really have this present moment, being present in the present moment and being aware of what you're being present to, I think is really important. There are certainly times, obviously, given, like you say, that this washing machine that we're all going around in at the moment, and there are days when you just go, oh God, I can't. But, you know, there are those thoughts that come into my head going, I could get a smack of a bus tomorrow. I, I could, you know, you know, I could not be here next week or next month or next year. So I'm I'm not going to spend this moment in stress or anxiety. Now, it, it doesn't shake off that easily, mm-hmm. but it's just a starting step to your brain to say, come on, Connie, you've got this. And it's just that starting little, aff- and that's an affirmation that I would say to myself. But actually, you've mentioned that gorgeous physical, could we, could we call it a physical affirmation, a little ritual to, to light the candles? Oh, um, definitely a, a ritual. Thing to do. And do you want a little coincidence? Mm-hmm. I have, obviously, in, in creating this podcast, I've been listening to other podcasts as well. And one that I've been listening to, now, it's a very different vibe to this, but it's very funny. It's um, the Tommy Tiernan, Tommy and Hector and Loretta Blewett. Oh, brilliant. Now, it is a wonderful, wonderful podcast. It's just the three of them shooting the breeze. But I listened to an episode only last night and Tommy started to light a candle. Mm. Hector and Loretta were like, what are you doing? And he said, look, I have this candle. And it, I, I, the way he described it was, it was in a little wooden candle holder that I think he had made himself I think mm-hmm. I think he made the candle holder himself and he said he'd had it s- since he'd had it for a long time since he had a spiritual director mm. and it was a time when he was um very much into a Catholic spirituality mm-hmm. but he has since now like yourself he's now moved out into you know a, a wider spirituality and an awareness of the spiritual world but he still held on to that ritual mm-hmm. of lighting the candle um and I only listened to that last night and I thought it was beautiful and you're after bringing it up again as well. Well, it's funny because as I, I'm a trained spiritual director, so when you are a spiritual director, the most important thing that you're honoring is sacred spaces. So mm. oftentimes, even between friends, you know, you don't have to talk to know that their presence is there in the sacred space. And for me, the candle is letting in the light. And at the moment, there are dark days, you know, that, you know, it is getting a bit darker. Soon the light will come in. But sometimes we need to have to physically light the candle to say, today I'm honoring the light in me. I'm honoring the light in you. And when you ignite that light in people, that's when the joy, the happiness, the celebration, and that that can really start to thrive and burn. And when, and when you honor your own light, it's like, it, it is like a burning flame. Then you, the fire, you know, starts to get in your belly and you go, actually, I want to do this podcast. I love doing radio. I love talking to people. You know, I'm, yeah. I've, uh, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. And when you honor your light, that's when your passion starts to really burn. And I think in life, you know, we really have to follow our passions and not 
be um, just so caught up in what other people are doing because what's right for them is not what's going to ignite your light. And we all have a very special spark and everybody's spark is, you know, special and worth igniting. So get the matches out, get the <laughs> get the candles out and, you know, um, and start lighting the house up with lots of lovely candles. And scent as well is a lovely thing. And scent can be something that can be quite um, evocative. It can remind yeah. you of people that have passed on and it could be another way of honoring just somebody who perhaps isn't in your life anymore and you're just honoring them by saying this candle's lighting for them um but it's it's something that i it's a process but it's also a decision a conscious decision every day that you must say i'm going to let the light in today i'm going to forgive i'm going to let go and when you notice yourself getting into the cul-de-sac or going in the you know on a, on a spin cycle of negativity you have to yeah. stop there and say, I'm going to pause and allow the possibility of the pause to come true. And just to ask though, Andre, because if there is anyone listening now whose world has been ripped apart by grief, if they can't get out of bed in the mornings, if, if they can't see how being mindful is, is going to make them feel any better, what, what would you say to those? Have you, have you ever encountered people like that through Bethany grief counselling? I am that person, Connor. You know, every morning I wake up with pain. I've had chronic pain all my life. Yeah. So it depends what your problem, what, not your problem, what your issue is. Change the lens. When you change how you look at life, everything changes because we could both be sitting on a beach looking at the water and one person going, said, oh, it's very scary in there. The other person saying, oh, I think it looks lovely. I think my sister often uses that analogy. You know, how you look at life is, is, is the lens that you look through. Bethany has um, Bethany support in Ireland, so you could certainly reach out to them with this chronic pain Ireland, but also find out what, what really lifts your spirit and get back into the things you like, like if it's music. For me at the moment, I love being out in nature. Um, I've just finished my master's on looking at the whole connection between nature and walking in parks and, and spirituality, because I really believe in the mind, body, soul and the spirit connection. We can't just have our mind good and not be looking after the body. It needs to get out and walk. We can't just be, you know, looking at the mind and body and not the soul and the spirit. So remind yourself of what it is that lifts your spirit. You know the way, and sometimes it's gin and vodka at the moment. I mean, we're all having a few extra spirits perhaps that we that we aren't usually having. And that's allowed. That's allowed. It, it, you have to forgive yourself and say, do you know what? There's a few extra spirits I wasn't, you know, hoping for. But just, it's really looking at um, what is giving you light and being um, you know compassionate with yourself and others but also and I and I keep saying this it is a choice to choose to look through the eyes of the heart or hear mm -hmm. through the ears of the heart if you're looking to see the negative you'll see the negative if you're looking to listen to for gossip you'll hear it but if you're looking for positive stories and you're looking to hear nice things like nice conversations suddenly the more positive things you start to look for the more it grows so what you focus on expands so if you focus on things are kind of starting to turn around and, and work out better tomorrow will be a little bit better tomorrow will be a little bit better so it's those little wins every day and suddenly before you know it you know you're connor clear you're on the radio you're a tv presenter you're marrying people and now you're doing grief as well you're you're kind of doing the final part of life which is another celebration and i think yeah. it's amazing that you're doing that because there's such a need to celebrate people's life. And, and it's funny, I do want to acknowledge the fact as well that 
Our journeys, our paths, I should say, have crossed so many times. Now, I do need to say to listeners, a lot of what I've done in my life has been a direct result of your help and support. So when we were in TV3, I turned around one day, I want to share this with the listeners. I was like, God, I think I'd like to work in radio. And then boom, Andrea makes a phone call and then I'm working in radio. Uh, then a few years later, a couple of friends asked me to marry them. And I thought, wow, this is a beautiful thing to do. I, 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 I'd love to get into the wedding industry. Boom, Andrea makes a call and <laughs> suddenly We emceed together, do you remember? Exactly. Oh, what a, what a wonderful time. Like, mm. um, But you see, you've always been my great, a supporter and you've always made that happen and then I found my way from there then I found my way into funeral celebrancy and I've I've been exploring that journey of of grief and how do we how do we mark that occasion and you know I want to acknowledge your role in where I've gotten to in my life because I wouldn't have gotten there without you you see I, I would I, I would have to stop you there and I would say um, as even a, a spiritual director or as even a, a grief minister or any of the work I've done, all we do, all I do is I listen to the heart and soul of the person that's in front of me. And you did everything. Your passion and your desire was what propelled you forward. I simply maybe said, try this road or try that road. But without you walking that road, nothing would be done. And I think we make the road by walking. Remember that, guys, if you're listening, whatever road you're walking down and whatever direction you're going, you've made that path yourself with every step you've taken. So if you want to change the scenery, go in a different path but it takes one step at a time. Yeah. You're not going to get there, you know, within, uh, you know, you have to just take it slowly, but persistently and consistently every day. So you've created everything for yourself and what an amazing achievement, you, you know, and, and it's so brilliant that you love what you do because you're so passionate about weddings and funerals and you're so passionate about people. That's what you love. You love to honor people. And that's why I think oh, yeah. these are just such lovely podcasts. And, and there's something that can we can all get a little bit out of. Hopefully, hopefully. And I think just to, to remind ourselves as well that, you know, if, if we are, you know, in, in, in any type of grief at the moment, it's just a reminder that there are still those good things happening um, they're there for you if you want to, if you're able and if you want to grab onto them, good things are happening all around us and uh, they're available to us. Um, and, and I think just to wrap up, just to say, I, I'm going to thank you for, for joining me on the episode today, but um, just to step back and say thank you as well for just to go back to the, the idea of that journey that I've been on and how our paths have crossed and, and your involvement in that. So I, I do very much appreciate that, Andrea, and I hope you know that. And, um, and, and I know what you've done. You're just, you're just fab. Um, I think for this episode, Andrea, we will leave it there. Thank you. Um, I should say, if any of our listeners... No grief if they have grief in their life. There is lots of help out there. There's a world of help online. So please do not go through it alone. Um, grief does have the potential to be such a, a lonely place. Mm -hmm. And really, there's no need to go through it alone. Um, amongst the rich sources of support out there, Bethany Bereavement Support. Uh, Andrea, you're associated, of course, with Bethany. I'm a free grief minister. I do it. It's all free. It's um, in your local co um, community. All of my... Um, you know, any of my healing hypnosis or relaxations are all free on my website. It's andreahays.ie. I'm not seeing clients for one-to-one um, -one on spiritual companionship, but if 
generally when people email me, it's mail at andreahayes.ie. I'll send out whatever I can if I can help them. Um, but one of the things, just a last thing to leave your listeners with, I've always believed in journaling and I've always journaled, but, you know, write out your grief, give your grief words, give them a life, give, you know, anything that's going on, give your anxiety um, an outlet because sometimes when you start journaling or start writing it can be very healing and cathartic so as you said even if you are alone you don't have to be alone you can put your words onto your page and at least you're honoring it that way and at least with, with writing you might be physically on your own in a room but you won't be on your own in your in your headspace and in exactly. your heart because you're you're sharing it with that page yeah um yeah, that's a gorgeous. That's a gorgeous little tool, I think, to wrap up on. Um, between journaling, um, being conscious of of your emotions and how you're feeling, um, and be aware of it, and and reach out as well. I think is is an important thing. And as well. don't forget to light the candle. You have to light the candle. <laughs> light the candle. On that note, Andrea, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm so appreciative, and I long for the day when we can be in a room together again and fingers crossed it will be soon but for today nothing but gratitude Um, blessings and to you the listener uh, thank you for joining me once again the next episode is available and standing by the episode is love as we get to look at a new way to get married in Ireland but in the meantime this has been the Celebration Sessions (laughs) 